What I share with you today comes directly from nature. It's a lesson concerning the power of seeds. Only these seeds exist in the mind. Perhaps this feels odd. I know it once did to me. But over the years, I found it very helpful to tend and cultivate my mind. And this is what I wish to share, how I tend and cultivate my mind. I imagine you know much of it, but maybe you're like me and you forget. You forget that we are the gardeners of our minds, the gardeners of our lives. The only thing we need to do is remember that seeds grow. That's it. Seeds grow. And not just in soil. Seeds grow in the mind. They grow roots and trunks, branches, fruits, nuts, and berries. They grow into entire gardens. So it's important to consider which seeds we sow and tend and cultivate. Now, what exactly is a seed in the mind? What I've come to learn over the years is that a seed of the mind is any stimulus we receive. That means that sight, sound, speech, touch, taste, smell, pretty much everything. That means there's a ton of seeds in our lives, but fortunately, they don't all grow. That's because seeds need tending in order to grow. The field of science which studies this phenomenon is called neuroplasticity. How exactly does neuroplasticity work? This is something that happens in our brain. And it works by three primary actions. Attention, emotion, repetition. These are the three primary actions which cause the brain to grow. And it begins with a tiny seed called a neuron. When a neuron is given attention, emotion, and repetition, it grows. This is how the brain wires itself. It's also how the brain rewires itself. Attention, emotion, repetition. This is the natural process of creating neural connections within our brains. Okay, what happens when we don't do this? Well, that's nature's gift to us. Without attention, emotion, and repetition, the seeds in the brain die. This means that we can grow our brains in the way we wish, And we can also allow aspects of the brain to die away. And this is not something we need to force. It's something we need to understand because it's innate in the mind. We have the ability to adapt and change and grow and even allow parts of our brain to die away. I want to pause and just review what I've said. When I remember the three main aspects of the mind, I'm able to cultivate the life that I wish to live. The first is that every impulse is a seed. Every impulse is a seed. 
The second is that seeds grow when you give them attention, emotion, and repetition. The third is that the mind is able to adapt and change and grow and die. Like I said, these are very simple aspects of the mind. But we often forget, or I should say, I often forget. But when I'm thoughtful about these three things, I begin to see changes in my life. So although these are simple and straightforward lessons from nature, they have proven to be very powerful in my life. And what I've just said so far is everything you need to know in order to cultivate a healthy mind. There's nothing tricky about it. I'm going to say it one more time. First, every impulse is a seed. Second, seeds grow when you give them attention, emotion, and repetition. And third, the mind can adapt and change and grow and even die. Okay, I'm going to break each one of those down in case you want to explore a little further with me. Let's look at the first one. Every impulse is a seed. This one is simple in theory, but it's a little tricky in application because it means we may need to change our lifestyle. We need to be thoughtful of our environment. I'd like you to imagine for a moment that everything you see is a seed. What visions are you planting? Imagine that Everything you hear is a seed. What beliefs are you planting? Imagine everything you speak is a seed. What beauty are you planting with your words? When we expose ourselves directly to different environments, we begin to see that they affect the way we feel about ourselves, about others, about life. This is the study of epigenetics. I want to explain how we can change our genes by changing our environments. And I'm not an expert in this field, so I'm just going to do my best to help you understand how What we expose ourselves to directly affects how our genes express themselves. So the first thing to understand is that DNA is ancient. It's secure and stable and slow to change. And it needs to be this way because nature needs time to make sure adaptations are necessary. Surrounding DNA are substructures, one of which is called an epigenome. These are adaptive. They're more youthful than DNA. And they're a little bit sticky. One scientist described them as sticky bundles because they like to stay as they are, but they are adaptable 
they will change as the environment changes. So when the environment changes, the epigenomes change. And when the epigenome changes, it changes the expression of the gene. I want to repeat this one more time. So the epigenomes are a little bit sticky because we don't want them to change the second we walk into an environment. But if we repetitively expose ourselves to an environment, then the epigenome will change based on that environment. And when the epigenome changes, then the gene expression changes. Meaning if we repetitively expose ourselves to a healthy environment, then the expression of healthy genes will turn on because the epigenome will quickly adapt. So when our environment changes, our epigenomes change. And when our epigenomes change, our gene expression changes. This is nature fitting at her lowest cost. It's easier and faster for nature to change an epigenome and alter the expression of a gene. Nature does not need to change the whole gene, just the expression of a gene, which is why they often use the term a switch. You can turn a gene on and off. The expression of the gene can be turned on or off based on the environment or the impulses or the stimulus that it receives. Like I've said, all of this is far beyond my expertise, so I'm doing my best. But I want to mention it because I have found this to be true through my own personal experience. When I change my environment, I notice a change in me. And I want you to understand that I use the term environment as all-inclusive. Environment is the outer physical environment, the world I live in, the stimuli I expose myself to. It's also my inner energetic environment. These are my beliefs and my thoughts and my emotional habits. But environment is also the unseen spiritual environment, my faith, my intuition, my dreams. So each of us has the ability to alter our gene expression through the choices we make with our environments. Okay, that kind of rounds out the first part, just understanding that every impulse is a seed. I want to move on to the second one. So, second, seeds grow if you give them attention, emotion, and repetition. I wonder if you've heard the quote by Henley, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. I imagine Henley was very thoughtful about his attention, emotion, and repetitive mental processes. I imagine he was thoughtful about what he cultivated in his mind, knowing he was the master of his fate and the captain of his soul. The second lesson requires you to be aware, to be aware of what your mind is thinking. 
This doesn't mean you control your thoughts. It's enough to be aware of thoughts. And do your best to allow thoughts to move on through, especially the unhealthy ones. Allow them to be water, and they just flow on by. You don't need to react to them or believe them, and certainly you don't need to jump into them. There's also another part of this. You can choose new thoughts and give your attention and emotion and repetition to thoughts which bring you joy or allow you to feel content with who you are and where you are on your journey. And thoughts don't need to be complex. I find that simple is powerful. A thought for me may be, I'm doing my best. Things are working out for me. I care about myself. These small steps of awareness make big changes. So I don't want you to underestimate any moment that you give attention to your thoughts and begin to cultivate the thoughts that bring you the life you want to live. Remember that you're the gardener of your life and tending to your thoughts is part of that. I also want you to remember that you're doing great. One of the hardest aspects of any life is tending to the mind. So, keep practicing the art of neuroplasticity. Pay attention to what you think. Give emotion to the thoughts that make you feel good. And repeat the thoughts which grow the life that you long to live. And remember that as challenging as it may be, this is nature's gift to us. That we have the capacity to grow our brains in the way we want. We also have the capacity to allow areas of the brain to die and wither. This brings us to number three. The mind can adapt, change, grow, and die. You'll notice that number two and three are closely related. The difference lies in cultivating specific thoughts in number two. And in number three, we get to consider what needs to change, adapt, and even die. Sometimes we need to stop thinking an old thought or believing an old belief. Sometimes we need to change or adapt a perspective and grow new attitudes. So number three is more about the network of the mind, the interconnectedness. Number three asks us to see how all things are interrelated. It shows us how our belief in ourself affects our relationships, how our faith in others affects our ability to love, and how our attitudes place limits on possibility. The lesson in number three asks us to challenge the nature of our being how we live in accord with nature, or how we're out of balance with nature. 
the natural state of our being. And in order to discover some of the truth of this, we need to dig deeper than just one thought. Number three asks us to stop picking the fruits and to look for the truth which lies deep in the roots. In number three, we begin to see that the problem isn't the dangling fruit. We realize that if we pluck them, they just grow back. What we need to do is to dig along the root and find the old belief or the old judgment which causes the fruit to grow. It causes the addiction, the depression, the anxiety, the paranoia, the pain, the unhealthy habits. These are all the fruits. The root will lead us to our deepest fears, pains, and traumas. So, sometimes my roots are ancient. They are no longer even wood. They are petrified. And I'm petrified of them. I dig slowly. I take my time to explore all the wisdom that a root offers. I dig a little and then pause. I tap the root. I listen. I hear echoes and whispers. Sometimes wisdom or guidance. I dig a little more. I tap the root again. I feel. I feel the emotions I fear. I breathe. I dig a little more. I tap again. I ask questions. What can I learn from this root? What emotions are associated with this root? How can I transform or compost or dissolve this ancient, rooted story? And one question I love to ask, which Byron Katie so cleverly asks, Who am I without this story, this root? Asking questions is how I navigate Number three, because roots never lie. They always lead me to the truth. And that truth is often a lie. A lie I've been telling myself for years. Or a lie someone told me to believe decades ago. Roots are tricky. And that's why I'm dedicating the whole next episode to roots. For now, I'd like you to practice number one and two. Be aware of the environments you live in and how they affect you. Be aware of your thoughts and how each one affects you in a unique way. Maybe you'll feel like visiting some new environments. Maybe you'll want to think some new thoughts. And see how each one affects you. Begin to explore. Explore your being, your body, and mind complex. Remember, you're the gardener of your life. 
You're the master of your fate and the captain of your soul. You're the tender, the cultivator, the sower, the reaper, and you are blessed to be this. Your life is precious. You are precious. So I want you to keep on keeping on, and I will too. And we're going to practice our environments and our thoughts. And until we share time and space again, know that I am sending you the sweetness of springtime, the sacredness of seeds, and a songbird's tune of farewell. Thank you for exploring with me on the Lucidez podcast. It is my hope that you discovered new wisdom within yourself and are inspired to live your unique strokes of genius.